she's really as scarce as hen's teeth. She's not a cubic zirconian. She's a diamond girl. She's going to cost you some money. Her husband is full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She really looks at, makes her husband look good when she goes to a party, and she's her backbone. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. I said she utilizes that thermomix with great vigor, working eagerly with those paleo and homegrown organic ingredients. <laughs> she is like merchant ships bringing her food from afar. And I put, she's like a loaded shopping trolley at Coles, at Coles full of yummies from the international food aisle. She gets up at night while it's a still night and provides food for a family and portion for her female servants. And I said, well, she has a small touch of insomnia due to her anxiety disorder, due to her OCD tendency. So while she's eating out of the fridge at midnight, she decides she should start the kids' lunches as well. <laughs> King Lemuel's mother said, she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. And I say, she wrestles a corner of the garden from her husband, raids the kids' money boxes, and plants veggies with the kids in her latest attempt at self-sufficient home gardening. Her arms are strong for the task. That anxiety has made her very speedy at everything. Her head is one spaghetti bowl. Those arms are strong due to the 5.30 morning boot camps. <laughs> she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp, lamp does not go out at night. And I said, insomnia again. So she decides to dabble in the stock market trading in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> in her hand, she holds a distaff and grasps a spindle with her fingers. And I said... When the mother-in-law stays, not wanting to look errant, she hunts around for the crochet she started years, 20 years ago and sits with this dutifully in her lap. <laughs> Finally, she opens her door to the needy, extends her hand to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. In the Gladstone summer, she has no fear, for she's paid the aircon bill and clothed her kiddos in the latest swimmers. <laughs> she makes coverings for a bed. She likes to loiter in pillow talk. Now, this last bit's really lengthy. Her husband's respect the city gate, yada, 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 right? She speaks of wisdom, blah, blah, blah. She watches over the affairs of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Basically, her husband is the envy of Gladstone. She sweats it out in the morning boot camps, whips out the sewing machine to create costumes for the book day at school, makes sure she's always in Lorna Jane active wear while she homeschools her kids, works a garden, creates paleo and organic homemade treats that the kids actually eat, looks after the finances of family, serves in the church as a soccer mum, works a full-time position in a self-made business, all while factoring in school holidays and sick days. And after all this, her children line up daily to glean from her pearls of wisdom. Yeah. Who's that this morning? <laughs> so we can take that down. We're slightly haunted by this. I'm going to divide what I'm going to say today into three categories. What I want my husband to know about me, what I want my children to know about me, what I kind of like my mother-in-law to know about me, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but also what I want God to know about me. So let's divide it up. Husband to know. I think I'm speaking for all women here. We wear many hats. Who here wears more than one hat in life? Yeah. And that's our greatest strength and our greatest weakness. That we're a little fragmented. We probably have a multiple personality disorder if you're going to assess us. And sometimes that fragmentation trips us up. We go between so many different roles in a day. So if we little, look a little vague when you want to tell us about your long day, it's because we're still swapping the hat over. We also juggle many balls. 
can I just say it's very hard for me to sit still and listen while it's the putting to bed hour. So again, we might fail when we're having instructions on how we should methodically pack that dishwasher because really that's just not one of the balls we're juggling today. Am I the only one? Where is that husband of mine? <laughs> Our rivers run. <laughs> Where is he? He's hiding. <laughs> Our rivers run very deep. I think in one of those discussions, and I can say this, we've been married almost 22 years, we had one of these discussions where I was once again being accused of being illogical, and I said, dude, my rivers run so deep, I can't even touch the bottom myself. Who here is like that? And we think very deeply, and agree, again, that's one of our greatest strengths. We're very, very deep, also one of our greatest weaknesses. Sometimes we're a little too deep for ourselves. We're also wired emotionally and spiritually on a different level to men. And that's, again, I think a gifting from God. If um, I ask my husband, I work one late night, how were the kids? And he'll say the obvious things. They had dinner, they went to bed, they had a shower, we unpacked their lunch boxes. If you ask me how the kids are, I'll tell you on a very spiritual level how they are. And I think that's actually my gifting. I think we've all, as women, when we are um, having children, we know intrinsically what they are. We also know intrinsically what they're not. We also know what our husbands are and aren't on a very deep spiritual level. And I think God's given that to us as women because we have the gifting of seeing the crack before it becomes one gigantic crevice. And I think many times my husband would like me to actually calm down about something. But I'm seeing that little lie as becoming a pathological liar in a few years' time. And sometimes, again, that weakness, that, sorry, that great gifting we have can also be our strength and our weakness. Um, we consider our motherhood as not a role and not a job description, but a spiritual calling. And our struggles with our perception of ourselves is a daily battle. I don't know about you, I think that's what makes women beautiful. Not one of us feels secure about who we are, and it's a daily battle as we struggle with our hormones and our bodies and our personal sense of never being quite enough for everyone. We do not love ourselves and we're actually our own worst critics. So when you make that little sly comment like, it'd be great if you did some fitness, we already know that. And if we sound a little snappy, it's because already we criticize ourselves. What we also need to explain is this. Our umbilical cords, when we gave birth, were never actually cut. We might pretend we're relaxed, but we're really just faking it. We don't mean to nag, but we actually trust no one with our children. And you, our husbands, are it, really. And even then, trusting you is quite hard. That's a bit honest, isn't it? We more often than not operate out of guilt. Who here operates out of guilt? Am I the only honest woman in this place? <laughs> Sue? <clears throat> and we don't mean to. And we can often operate out of fear because we have this great spiritual perception of what our kids are going to become. But just like when you're giving birth and you get to that point where it's just too hard and you grab the hand of your husband, we need you as our little power pack of faith. We need our husbands. We can't raise these kids alone because fear quite often overtakes. We take your hand and you turn that fear into faith. That is magic and something we can't do for ourselves. And most importantly to our husbands, we need your love. There was a book out in Christian circles years ago saying that men lead respect and women need love. Anyone here else hear of that? It's quite a discussion. I disagree with it. I think when I was in my 20s, I was quite happy with love. But now that I'm a bit older, I actually need your love packaged as respect. And I think a lot of women like that. We are women of authority. We 
run houses, we run businesses, we work, we juggle balls, and we just need your love packaged in a little parcel called respect. So what would I wish my children to know? That every decision I make is based on love. And I think that however I sound, however I come across, know that my heart was love. And this is not just a thing for my children. This is a thing for us who are children. And nowadays we have a lot of mental illness in the community. And I know personally of a lot of mums who can never lo no longer talk to their mums. And they're Christians. And we come to these days and it's a very difficult day because they yearn to have a relationship with their mum but their mum might have narcissism or their mum might have a mental illness and they've had to put a little boundary and saying, you know what, I love you and I honour you, but this is as far as I can go. But I want you to know if that's you this morning, that every mum, whatever she does, even in her befuddled brain, still has a heart of love. And I think it's important to also realise that I said at this time last year, the fifth commandment in the Bible, honour your parents. And how do we have any chance of our children honouring us if we can't honour our own, own mother. And right now, if you're the mum, or you're the person whose mum has just been absolutely off the wall, and you're struggling with what I'm saying, there's one thing she gave you that no one else in this world could give you, and James said it before, she gave you the breath of life. And if you can't honour her this morning for anything else, you can honour her for one thing. And that's the first thing in the Bible that has a promise. It says, if you honour them, then your life will go well. Let's turn it around. If you can't honour your mum, how, what hope do we have of our own children honouring us? It's something we have to break and think about, especially on Mother's Day. I think finally, I just want to say, <clears throat> I'd like to say to my kids, I'm really just a child raising a child. <laughs> I didn't really grow up. And I think the best thing that we can expect is to take the best from our upbringings and to leave the rest. And I think, you know, I'm a daughter of a daughter of a daughter of a daughter. And I'm honoured to say that today. And it wasn't perfect. Nothing in my family line has been perfect. <clears throat> but as I've gone on, I've come to realise that my mum was a kid bringing up a kid. Her mum was a kid bringing up a kid. We're all just kids bringing up kids. And if we can choose to see the good stuff, then there'll be honour in our family and honour in our home. And finally, what I'd like God to know. <laughs> I'd like God to know this that giving me the gift of children was probably the most risky thing he could have done. <laughs> and a scary thing. <clears throat> and a yoke that is on a daily basis very, very heavy. Do you agree with me? Especially when we operate out of fear and not faith. And yet he says to us, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And sometimes I wake up and there's fear in my head and I've got to operate from that faith perspective to make that burden light. And yet, you know what? I could never grasp how much God loved me. I had no understanding, really, of his love and sacrificial love for me. When he said I was beautiful, it went to there, never went to here, until I had children. And that love I have for them, that I would die and I would lay down my life for them, um, is exactly what he has for us, times a million. And I think God gave me kids just so I could understand his love for me. And I also think he gave them to me because I had some very big flaws in my life and I didn't have the guts to deal with them. And when I gave birth to my children, it's like looking in a mirror of the very best parts of me and the very worst parts of me. <laughs> and when you see that on a daily basis, it's like a mirror shining back at you saying, you know what, you've got to deal with that. If you want to have a hope of raising that child in something of God, you've got to deal with that in you. And I thank God for that daily because if I hadn't had those children, 
if I didn't have that little wild daughter of mine, I would never have seen things in my life that needed changing. So I hope that helps you today. I'm going to pass back to Jake. Yeah. It does, Liz, if you wanted the answer to that question. So thank you. Hey, something I just forgot to do before um, Liz came up was just to release our young people's group for discipleship class. Steve's uh, going to take that. So you can all look to the right as he does that. <laughs> but uh, all those 12 and 13-year-olds, forgive me for that, but they'll be right. You've still got at least half an hour. How's that? Have a great time. Hey, um, uh, just uh, I thought we'd also get a dad. Is that Okay. A dad to come and just speak for a moment about uh, some things about mothers. So I thought Malcolm's been a dad for a while. So <laughs> come on, Mel. Thank you, Liz. That was great. James, next time you have me and Liz on the same platform, I'm going first. <laughs> Sheesh. This year, you were nervous. You got to speak in front of women about women. I'm a male. I have to speak about women in front of women. Man, you reckon that's bad. A big uh, bless you all to all those that come under the women that come under the category of mothers this morning. Bless you heaps. I've got one. I've got one on my side, so wait for five minutes. I'll probably lose you as well. <laughs> There was a man praying one day, well, just a name, I'll, we'll say Tom. <laughs> and this, this man was praying and God came and spoke to him. And he said, Tom, I've seen your good works. I've seen how you've looked after the widows and the orphans. You've followed my scriptures so well. You're such a generous man with your everything I've, I've given you. You've just shared it. You've done so well. So I want to reward you, Tom. I'm going to give you one thing out of all this world that you would, that you would like. So I'm going to give you a day to think about it. We'll meet again this time tomorrow. So God went, went away. Tom went about his business. And as he's during his day, he's thinking about what he'd like. The next morning comes and... Uh, Tom, yes, Lord, have you thought about what I asked or what I said I'd like to do for you? He said, yes, Lord. I really like going to Hawaii, but I don't like flying. Could you build me a highway from the coast to Hawaii because I really like driving? And God said, Tom, I'm a little taken aback from your character and all the things. You, 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 start, you, you, know, you never do anything for yourself. So I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that you asked for something, I guess, to me that seems selfish. Look, how about I come back tomorrow and you give it some more thought. And look, if you still think that way, that, okay, that'll be fine. But just, I'll give you another day. So the next morning, Tom's there again. And God returns Tom, have you given it any more thought? Heavenly Father, I humbly come before you and ask forgiveness for my selfishness. And I have given it great thought, more thought than I even gave yesterday. 
Father, I'd like to understand women. There was a pause, a very long pause, a really long pause. And then the words came, Tom, yes, Lord, that highway, two lanes or four. <laughs> Proverbs eighteen twenty two says, "He who finds a a good sorry, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord." Notice, men, it doesn't say when we obtain a wife, we have to understand them. I do not know one man who understands the toilet seat issue. <laughs> I do not know one woman who cannot understand that the man doesn't understand the toilet seat issue. Now, we've got many people from all over the world here. Is the toilet seat thing just an Australian thing or is it it's West Indian? It's universal. <laughs> but some nations don't even have toilets. How do the <laughs> Women don't understand that bit. I just cannot grasp that. I've been asked this morning to speak on what every husband should do for the mother of their children. Put the toilet seat down. <laughs> don't, you don't have to understand everything you do in life, men. What every husband should do for the mother of their children. Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Husbands... Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You still with me, men? That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word and that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Love your wives. So how do we work through that? If women were as simple as men, it would be so much easier. But we're different. Not only men and women are different, different women are different and different men are different because of you know, upbringing, backgrounds, all the things that make us up. You know, we're, we're all different, so we can't just do a broad stroke with a brush. How do we work through it? See, my mum and dad were married for 55 plus. This is what a good wife is for. Over 55 years, weren't they? 60, missed it by five years. 60 years they were married, and as true as I stand here, I never once heard them argue. When I was growing up, I never, ever, 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 ever heard my mum and dad argue. There was the occasional grump from dad, well, that's male language. There was the occasional, I really know. That is the worst I'd ever heard. The legacy of that, I have one brother married in 1974. He's still together. He has two daughters. One of those is married with children. 
I have another brother who was married in, I think, 1979. He has one child. I was married nearly 30 years ago in 1987. I have three, one, two, I want three, yeah, three. And a couple of hanger-honorers and one on its way. And that family, to the best of my knowledge, is not doing drugs, is not doing excessive alcohol, the things that can happen in a family. Is that because mum and dad didn't argue? Well, there's probably more to it than that. But on the other end of that spectrum, I know people, husbands and wives, one says black, the other says white. You're at their house and they're continually, and you're thinking, what the heck? <laughs> oh, they're not here. I was going to ask them why they do it, but they're not here, so that probably <laughs> saved them. <laughs> so now you all know that someone in this church. But there's more, I've met others as well. But I've also seen their families. Well-adjusted, I think functional is the word nowadays. There's no, normal doesn't really cut it anymore. Stable, good, solid families, loving, kind families. So that tells me we're all different. And all of us sitting here are probably somewhere on that line in between. Mark chapter 12, verse 31 says, And the second commandment like it is this, You shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 5.20 and 21. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. The Amplifier says, Being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. You know what the next verse is? Who can tell me what the next verse is for Ephesians 5.22? The men love it. Women, submit yourself to the husband. I've heard so many messages preached on that, but not one has put submitting to one another in the fear of God before it. How do we do that? By women submitting to their husbands, by husbands loving their wives. It's all got to go together. So what every, every husband should do for the mother of their children? Love your wife unconditionally like Christ loves us. So men, a bit of practical, because men like to be practical, some practical tips. Find out early in your life. You can probably practice with your mum, although it's never too late those older gentlemen that are in the congregation, find out how to love her. What makes her tick? Now, apparently I needed this on my 44th birthday because James and Michelle bought me a book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. So I read it, and I guess you'll have to ask Sandy whether it worked. So The Five Love Languages... Words of affirmation. You're the best-looking mother of my children that I know of, dear. 
You are awesome. You're just tremendous. I don't want to get all the other ladies offside if I call you the best one in the world. I just um, Words of affirmation. Telling them they, you know, look good and do good and all the stuff Liz was talking about, that sort of stuff. What was that? Respect. Yeah, respect your wife with words. Quality time. We shot through the savour, the flavour out at the gardens this morning on the way to church. Quality time. How hard's having a coffee? Oh, apparently it's really hard. (laughs) Well, I am a gem, aren't I? I'm a keeper, dear. (laughs) Quality time, spending time with your wife. Receiving gifts. Men. Ladies love bunnies. (laughs) Yesterday... Sandy's going off to that thing tomorrow afternoon, yesterday afternoon. At the same time, there's a football game on telly. I'm thinking, I'm going to have to be running around town, all these silly gift shops, trying to find some useless gift to give to my wife for Mother's Day. I had to go to Bunnings to get some stuff for the thing I was putting together. Driving driving into the car park, Bunnings voucher. The um, news agent's just over the road. In, got my nuts and bolts, got the Bunnings voucher, got the, got the card, got a little pad, done and dusted, still had half an hour before footy started. Oh. How's that, hey? Just in case you're wondering, Sandy opens up her card this morning, her present, and you go, oh, terrific, a Bunnings voucher. Because we've had two dogs in our yard for three months. We haven't been in our pergola for three months. I won't mention whose dogs they were, but it's, you know, the guy who was praying to God? <laughs> so we are restructuring our pergola. So I thought, well, Sandy's, we were looking, well, long story, we won't have that story, but Sandy, she, she, oh, she said, I woke up this morning, I should have told someone to get me a Bunnings voucher. <laughs> How good am I? Acts of service, you know, mow the lawns and wash the car and stuff like that. Physical touch, how hard is it to walk through a shopping centre holding your wife's hand? Well, there's two of us obviously do it. Men, it's quite easy. You just take your hand and put it in theirs. That's not really difficult, okay? You don't have to have a degree in, you know, hand holding. Thank you, yeah, to, to, to do that. Now, apparently in this book, most of us, male or female, have a strength in one of these. And unlike Sandy, you don't have all of them. They missed that, didn't they? I'll say that again. (laughs) Unlike Sandy, you don't have all of them. And the part I don't like is I don't have any of them. It's a bit unfair. I'm going to write a book called The Two That Were Missing. (laughs) Give me some time on my own because I like my own company, and let me watch football. (laughs) Our marriage is going to get better and better. So what every husband should do for the mother of their children. You should love your neighbour. Can I swap that for wife? Or we could go into a whole, what's the word, exegesis? Is it Peter, exegesis, have I got it right, Of of a piece of... And talk about that, but we'll just say wife today, hey? Because it's Mother's Day. 
as yourself, there is no other commandment greater than these, putting God first and then loving your wife. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Men, we have to love our wives if we want our children to see that. It's important. There's a few tips here of how to outwork that. Men, if all else fails, littlebloomroom.com.au <laughs> For 60 bucks you get the most awesomest bunch of flowers delivered and if your wife is like most wives, she's on some food thing, kick, not eating, do eating, whatever eating, order the chocolates and the fudge you and the kids can have the chocolate and the fudge. She has the flowers. Happy family. <laughs> Amen. Thanks, James. Uh, brilliant. Did you get any notes on that? I think more than anything, what happens is when you hear uh, someone speak on these topics is that it just, uh, you've got to just readjust your focus. Because you often know that. You, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, because we know it, but we don't do it. And uh, I, I just encourage us this morning just to readjust the focus, put the priority in place, you know, because, because it's so easy to go through life sometimes as husbands or even wives or as children and, and just busy, busy, busy. And we just got to come back to that, which is important. What's the, what's the things that really make your life happen well? And, you know, relationships within families certainly do that, don't they? It's incredibly important, the connection we have between husbands, wife, children and parents and all those uh, necessary in relationships. Because often you can handle the pressure of the world if there's a family that's standing strong and a family that supports one another. And, you know, sometimes as a church, we need to embrace those who haven't got families. We need to embrace those whose maybe parents aren't here or the support systems aren't here. And I want us to be very aware of that because on Mother's Day, I think mothers, uh, uh, they, as Liz said so clearly, one of the most important areas is their opportunity or their, the ability to listen and let them talk their so many thousands of words each day. And it just emphasizes the importance of connection. And there's many people who haven't got that connection. And you know, the, the, I find that the one way to connect is just to sometimes listen to people, just to sit down and listen. You know, I prefer to just, um, I, but, you know, it's so easy sometimes. Sometimes it, we find ourselves wanting to tell everybody about ourselves, which is, is appropriate moments for that. But if sometimes you just sat and determined that I just want to listen and hear what someone has to say, you'd be surprised how you make that other person connect and how they make them feel. Husbands, we can certainly do that for our wives. And you've heard me say this before, but husbands, you don't, have to, you don't need the answers. Isn't that good? You just got to listen because they have the answer. That's true, Liz. We don't have to give them the four, four laws of how to pack a dishwasher. They know how to pack a dishwasher. We just got to maybe do it for them sometimes. So I pray that that's been an encouragement. Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of Britain, during the Second World War, um, incredible prime minister for that time. He was the man for the season as he, of course, uh, led the, the, Britain, the nation of Britain out of the, um, against the invading armies of the Germans in World War II. 
and an editor of a certain paper, who knew Winston Churchill quite well, who thought he knew him quite well, submitted to him a list of the most important people who'd been teachers of his life, who'd mentored him over many, many years and submitted it to Winston Churchill because he was going to write an article on Winston Churchill. And you can see where this is going. Winston Churchill wrote it and then he, 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 he added to it and he submitted it back to the editor of the paper and he said, you forgot the most important mentor and teacher of my life, my mother. And I think it's so true for all of us that we need to honour and realise that we've taught, been taught much through our mothers, many, many things. And the Bible is still true, as the commandment says, honour your parents. In actual fact, it goes with the promise, honour your mum and dad and your life will go well with you. One of the reasons is they won't kill you, but no, that's, <laughs> no it'll go well for you. So... We want to say, mothers, we honor you this morning and we thank you. And, uh, you know, the incredible uh, thing about God is he has made male and female, hasn't he? All of us. And he's made us not to stand behind each other, but to stand beside each other. Mothers with husbands, wives with their husbands and fathers. And so today, I'd love us just to finish today and just stand together. And I want to just pray and... Um, I want to say, if we have the privilege of our wife here or our mum here, or maybe you'd like to just stand with them today, families. I, my wife is teaching children this morning. Um, I know that's not possible for me, but if you aren't with your parents or you aren't with your family, just quickly go there if you have to. And we just want to pray, okay? And uh, that'd be great. We particularly just want to pray for mums today. Lord, uh, we thank you for the privilege of honouring mums, for, for our mums. And today I know that uh, for some of us, our mums, as Liz said, uh, there's not much to honour maybe sometimes. But we pray that you'll help us to honour them in some way, even for the fact they gave us life. And we thank you for each person. For those mothers who aren't here today, we, we think of them and we commit them to you. Father, for, um, uh, for every situation that we pray that your hand would be upon those ladies today and your blessing upon them. And that they'd know the love, not just of their family, but also of you. We thank you for them and we honor them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Encourage someone this morning. How about you have uh, morning tea as it's been? That'd be great. And uh, have a great day. Have lunch, hopefully, with your mother if it's possible.